be better. Episode six. Nope. Episode seven. Um, doing another solo one last week. Like I mentioned before, I've done three years of podcasts, 175 of them, probably in total, maybe more. Never done solo. Usually with a counterpart, my buddy Finn on let's get stupid. And then Jacob or another guest on this one. Um, but Jacob's schedule is pretty packed lately, so we are uh, we're going live again solo, which is fine. Um, sometimes when I often think about these podcasts, YouTube videos that I do when I'm by myself, I I've noticed I've always had really bad imposter syndrome. And even this morning, like I'm not really a morning person, but once I get going, once I get myself out of bed. Uh, 345 in the morning is awful as it sounds. Once I get going up, I like, this is where I'm good. I usually thrive in the morning. I get more done while the kids are sleeping, the wife's sleeping. So it makes things a lot easier because it's quiet. So I can get a lot done in a short amount of time. Um, but I still get like, who's going to listen to me? What, what, why am I talking to, or why is anybody listening to me at this time in the morning? Or what do I have to offer? That's even going to help anybody. Who are you to even say anything? So I still get those imposter syndrome thoughts in my head for the entire hour before I started this podcast thinking, nobody wants to listen to you by yourself. You need someone else. You need, you need this, you need that. But the best thing to do in like these situations for myself is just go. Don't think about it. Do some other work. Just go record the podcast, get it done get whatever you have on your mind out and get it going is sometimes you think about that stuff. You dwell on the stuff. It gets worse. It's kind of like anxiety, right? You think about something you got to do or something that's uncomfortable that you have to take care of. Think about it all day. You ruin your entire day because something at 6 PM you have to do. So the best thing I can do for myself is distract myself and then just it's like ripping the bandaid off. Just go do it. Record. I don't practice anything. I have some questions I glanced over this morning when I woke up. I don't even talk before I get on here in the mornings because I've I got no one to talk to. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how many people can relate to that, the, the imposter syndrome. You don't think you should be where you're at. Um, it leads to a lot of weird things in my life. Just I'm really bad at taking compliments because maybe I don't believe what people are saying. So it's a lot of – I think I'm an imposter. I shouldn't be here. Everything's going to disappear tomorrow. So – it's good and bad. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me wanting to do more, wanting to keep pushing the limit, whatever it is that I feel like I'm going to push towards that month or that week. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I should have this house. I don't feel like I should have anything I do. So, but it, it keeps me the drive inside me to keep pushing to make sure that it's still all mine. Um, we had some questions from Instagram, like I said, that I glanced over. Uh, I don't really do a lot of, there's one question about managing people. What's the best characteristic to have a leader and a manager? Well, so leader and a manager are different, right? Manager manages people. A lot of times people say sometimes the person that was really good at that certain job is now gets promoted to manager because they knew how to do their job so well, but then they ended up trying to manage people instead of lead them. You don't want to be managing anyone. You want to be leading someone to become better at the job you used to do. In my field, 
we have managers or leaders, whatever you want to call them, that typically don't have never done the job. But the thought is you just need to be able to manage people and the work will get done by the guys that know how to do it. So it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but for the most part, it does work. But I think the bigger thing we want here is leadership, right? And to show leadership, it's not being the loudest, yelling at the guys the most. It's it's honestly, it's understanding empathy, knowing that if someone's performance is lacking or someone seems off, it's probably not the job that they probably already know how to do. It's probably something going on at home or in their own head. So being able to step back, understand that, maybe keep the, in my profession or day job, keep the guy on the ground for the day, kind of be able to read people a little bit better, notice if they're off. Uh, cause sometimes in my job, it is life and death. It doesn't really get talked about too much because I kind of, for me, it's kind of redundant because you hear it all the time. It gets a little bit complacent, but it, uh, it can be kind of shitty for lack of other words, if your head's not in the right space. So being able to have empathy and understanding people and not just getting mad at them when they don't know how to do something or they mess something up, especially if they've done it really well before means something else is going on. They didn't just get wake up and get dumb that day. And then all of a sudden you want to yell at them because you've done this a hundred times. What's wrong with you? It really doesn't fix a situation. There's usually something else going on. So trying to have a little bit more understanding and stepping back, putting yourself in your shoes, um, or sorry, their shoes, you're already in your shoes helps kind of alleviate those worries of that person. Maybe they think maybe the whole, he's going to yell at me because I'm off today, you know, eliminating that is just going to help them in the day. And then also, you know, being able to just step back, take a breath, take five seconds, take three seconds to respond. Cause sometimes with this kind of side role I do at work with, uh, being a steward for the union, like a lot of guys come at you kind of hot sometimes cause everything's not my fault, but they're expected me to do something because of X, Y, and Z happened. So being able to take them, uh, what they say, make sure they feel heard. I have a couple kind of tricks that I'd be able to, I'm able to do that. So I can, they feel like they're heard from me and then offer some sort of solution and then go forward. It's typically people want everything not right now, immediately. That's kind of the world we live in. Everything's instant. It doesn't matter if you're 10 or 60, people kind of still have the same expectations. So being able to like step back, realize that you have this tip of this iceberg that's anger, right? And everything else underneath it is what there is what's really going on. So being able to like see through their BS or anger sometimes, take a second, don't respond more. I need to be more angry than you. Since you're being angry, I'm going to up you, one up you and be angrier. Be the calm person, be the person that can have them feel like they're heard. And half the time people just want to be heard. And I've noticed that the more I deal with people, especially the loud people, the angry people, they just want to be heard. So sometimes just being an ear for them to listen to, agreeing with them, um, especially if they are right, um, and then trying to offer a solution or, hey, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. But just them maybe getting it off their chest, venting can help. Um, we call it kind of like a little bit almost like therapy, right? They want to talk things out and hear some kind of a solution. So if you're able to not just agree with them all the time, but maybe sometimes you're agreeing with them or sometimes you're just really getting an understanding where they're coming from, it helps the person feel better um, and then kind of alleviate their worries as a leader because you don't really want to try to manage people. You want to try to lead them in a better direction.
how am I doing? What's making me happy? Uh, I'm doing good. And some days I'm doing terrible. Right? Because the same thing, that imposter thing kind of comes and hits me. Um, I can always usually, I'm always usually a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. Great kids, great family. I got, you know, great house, great job. I got really nothing to complain about. If anything, I'm complaining about it's first world problems, I call them. Um, for the most part, nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm just ecstatic to be here, ecstatic to be around. I have an awesome schedule that I've made for myself. Supportive wife, supportive friends, supportive family. Uh, but other times, like I said, I don't feel like I should be here. So it's like a constant struggle um, of not not thinking I should be here and then not thinking I'm doing well enough. So it's like, you know, the not so much the angel and the devil, but one side of me says, who the fuck are you? Why do you think you should have this? This is all going to disappear to this is not enough. You're not doing well enough. Look at the guy down the road with the $5 million house. Like, what are you doing? He figured it out. Why can't you? So it's like consistent battle in my head. Um, but for the most part, I'm fucking great. Yeah. I just, I got a great life. Can't complain. Um, and I just, you know, the more things I do, the better I am. I'm, I'm worse off as a person if I have less going on. So that's why I'm always trying to keep myself busy. One, cause I think I'm going to lose it. And two, because I know I'm better, the busier that I am. If I have a really low day, like this weekend, I planned for everything cause I was going to be gone. So all my computer work was pretty much done for be better coaching and my emails and stuff. Everything was pretty much taken care of for two days. So I kind of had two days off. I would do some check-ins and stuff like me and Jacob have talked my, uh, co-owner in the company. Like we've been at this for like a thousand days straight. We've been at it over three years and every single day I've logged onto the computer and done something for this company. And this time I was like, Oh sweet. I don't have anything to do. I still logged on, still check some things. But the whole purpose of it was to set it up. So if I was gone this weekend, I wouldn't have to be in my computer and I wouldn't miss anything and no one would miss anything from me. Um, but having that time that I wasn't really needed on the computer, like kind of threw me off. Like I knew I could sleep in a little bit more because in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh, we really don't have anything to really do on the computer. Nothing pressing. You could always send out more emails, always design something new for a t-shirt, things like that of that nature. But in the back of my head, I knew I had less going on. So to me, I felt lazier. I was able to do some more stuff with my kids, but typically if I'm up early, I can always do my work on the computer and still spend the same amount of time with my kids. So it kind of made me feel like I lost the weekend a little bit because I didn't have enough to do on the computer. It's a weird feeling, but at least it's true. Arnold upset. Okay. This is good. Some people want to understand why I couldn't show up. So yeah, for the reason why I was supposed to be gone this weekend, it was, we had a uh, Arnold, Com- Arnold Columbus convention center, their big convention center, basically for anything working out or just fitness in general. Right. Had some friends going, and I was all set up to go. I haven't gone since 2019 because the uh, pandemic shut down for two years, and last year I didn't think it was really worth it to go. This year I was looking forward to help my buddy Tom out in his booth and see some friends and some clients were going to meet me there and just be able to hang out. And, uh, yeah, they had a, uh inclining that there was going to be a storm in my area. So when that happens, there is no, hey, I got to get out of here at 3 on a Friday because I got I got to go to Columbus. It's yeah, you're you're staying here 16 until we say you're not. So it's unfortunate, 
I was not too happy about it. I thought I was going to leave at three, go meet up with my buddy Cam. I'll go drive out there. That didn't happen. Um, it sucks, but it's also my job that I signed up for. I signed up to, you know, I almost missed my twin's birthday last year. I've missed things. I've missed parties. I've missed other events because I got stuck at work. There's nothing I can really do about it. It's the career I chose. Um, you could be the guy that walks out and then you have to deal with discipline stuff later, but that's not really ever been me. If someone's out of power in, in the area that I can, that I work, I almost feel partly responsible for it. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't able to make it out there, unfortunately, but that's, uh, it's a life I've chosen. That's the career I've chosen. I've, I've understand it. It, you know, it doesn't really upset me as much as it used to because I get a little bit more used to it. The more I get what we call being forced to be stuck at work. Um, it's what I signed up for. I knew I wanted to do it when I was 16 and I'm 30 now. So it just kind of comes to the territory. And f- unfortunately I'm going to miss a lot of things in my life that I don't want to because of the day job that I carry. How does my wife handle being consistently busy with things outside your family? Um, should have my wife on for this, but I'm not going to wake her up at five 15 in the morning for a podcast. I come in, sweetie. I have a, Hey baby, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. Can you give me like 10 minutes and then we can do one? Can you go in my office and hang out for a little bit? If you could sit there, if you could be really, really quiet, it's up to you. Okay. Sit there and be really, really quiet. No more talking. Okay. Cause it's recording. How does my wife, my uh, daughter just walked in. How does my wife handle being consistently busy? My wife does really, really well with schedules. So she, I pretty much have a kind of a basic schedule a week with like Tuesday and Friday lifting with my buddies here. Usually Wednesdays I podcast with Finn, either my house or his house. Saturdays I work, obviously Monday through Friday I work, but she does really, really well with with schedules. So as long as she knows my schedule and then lately we've been able to have date nights every Wednesday, we sneak out of the house for like an hour and a half and it kind of gets us regrouped. We get to talk about all the things we might have missed. And then, you know, cause the big thing for us was communication. We would miss that time together in the weeks and then weeks would turn into months and we haven't gone out. Now we have set up to where every Wednesday, unless I get stuck at work or something. So nine times out of 10, we're able to go out, spend some time together, get about 90 minutes together, which Dr. Jordan Peterson says that's super, super important uh, for a a healthy marriage is getting the 90 minutes together um, to kind of reconnect all the stuff you missed during the week or past week you can share. And then things you're looking forward to, you can share. So having that time together structured every week really helps when I'm, uh, you can put those on really helps when I'm busy as I am. Cause I like, like I said, I like to have a lot of irons in the fire. I like doing a million different things. It helps, helps me feel better. And she understands that. So she supports it. it at first it was really hard, especially when I started the first podcast three years ago, it was hard. Like, Oh, you're going to be gone another day. You know, that's like kind of the first thing we talked about is like, I'm going to be gone another day, but I think it's good. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to help people out, help put, push my brand, help push my buddy's brand. Um, and I think it's been good and, and we've made it work. Best plan for a beginner, best plan for a beginner 
um, is, I don't know, I'm guessing you're talking about a training plan and a train best training plan for the beginner. Honestly, the best workouts are the ones that you'll do. It's not the best plan. I, I could, we could sell you a plan at be better coaching, a template plan that works for beginners. Uh, but if you don't follow it, it's not going to be the very best one for you. Um, basically showing up and having consistency four to five days a week is going to help. Sometimes people need that kickstart, which in like usually about May, what I'll probably do again is a dad challenge. And it's every day for like eight weeks, just to kind of really push yourself past. Like people can do it for two or three, maybe four weeks and just get through it on motivation alone. But having a building that discipline over eight weeks is when you really start seeing a change in people. And that's why even for beginners, it's good because you're able to do something outside your comfort zone and able to follow a plan. One, you don't have to come up with, right? Because if you have to come up with a plan for training, typically people won't do it or they'll just gravitate towards the things they like to do. So if they really like benching and doing arms and they like the same movements for benching and arms, you just end up doing the same things over and over and over. And then you get bored of it. You lack consistency because you're not that excited to train. Cause you go in there, you're kind of just free free willing it, whatever free falling and just, oh, I'm going to do some dumbbell bench and some curls and I'm going to get out of here. So having a plan from anybody, whether it's us, a different coach, anything to get yourself started and that you'll actually follow is the best plan for beginners, intermediate, whatever you want to call it, advanced, just being consistent and developing that discipline. Do I feel as blue collar lifters is much harder than lifters who only seem to lift for a living? Yes and no. I used to think it was always harder to be a, call it a blue collar lifter, right? I I work construction basically on the power lines every day and I work a ton of hours. Um, It's harder physically, right? Because I'm outside, I'm working all day, I'm in the elements. Sometimes it's great to be in the elements. Sometimes people are locked up in offices and and gyms and whatever. They don't get to go outside. Other days, you know, some of those days I'm outside all day enjoying it. 50 to 50, 60 degrees out. I'm in a t-shirt, along sleeves. It's great um, weather. You know, people sometimes are jealous of that. And other times it's negative 10 out and it's snowing and my eyelids are freezing together and people aren't so jealous of it. So it all goes back and forth. Like, sure, sometimes my job's more physically demanding, but also if you work in a gym and you're training people all day, at the end of that training day of training guys for six to eight hours or females for six to eight hours, and then you have to train in that same gym, Sometimes that motivation just isn't there. You've been there all day. You're tired. You're hungry. Maybe you're mentally exhausted from counting people's reps. It's a different kind of tired. Um, that's why like, I know for me personally, like if I work on the computer, I can't do more than two hours because I get too tired. Like my eyes get tired and I just end up just scrolling on stuff or get on my phone and get distracted. It's, it's a different type of difficulty, even if you're just sitting at a desk. Cause I've, I have a job where I'm super physical and then I also have a company. So it's like, I see both sides of it is one harder than the other. It depends on the person. They can take more physical toll on themselves and still get in the gym at 10 o'clock at night. Congrats to them, but it's still, it's, it's, it's hard. And then the same person sitting in an office that has to go into the gym and pack up or is in a gym all day and then has to lift. It still can be a mental battle and a physical battle just because you've already been there all day. So they each come with their own struggles. I wouldn't say one's harder than the other um, because I do a little bit of both and I see both sides. Motivational, inspirational podcasts are more knowledge-based ones. 
I think it's, I think it's both. Um, if I feel pretty motivated, sometimes I'll hop on here and try to fire you guys up. Right. Um, but I do like the education stuff. I like learning from other people. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like education, not so much like schools and uh, college type of education, but more of learning from other people's experiences, right? Because a smart person learns from their own mistakes, but a wise person learns from others' mistakes. So getting people on that have had mistakes, so rather um, made mistakes, learn from them, their life story, how they continue to grind, how they continue to work hard, those type of people, like your mo- some of the motivational speakers that have awesome stories I gravitate towards. And anybody who's just like a really, really hard worker, it's nice to have them on just to see where their drive comes from, where their knowledge comes from, how they learned what they did, uh, what kind of maybe simple things that they do that help them be better, you know, not to be redundant, but help them keep pushing forward. Because a lot of this is like some people get motivation, they do stuff for a little bit, but showing up every day for a thousand days or years and years and years, um, working on something is hard. It's, it's a lot of consistency and a lot of discipline. So learning from other people and how they develop that is super interesting to me. Um, motivation, you know, like motivation is a feeling, right? It's not, I've said that before. It's, it's a, it's a match, right? When that match is burnt out, it's gone. But if you can use that motivation to light that candle of discipline and standards, then you have some real momentum of getting something done. It's, it's hard for people to find that discipline. That's why I, sometimes I do those eight week challenges with guys, uh, specifically towards guys, just because it, it's more relatable. I found in my audience, but it's motivation is great, but it, you know, it doesn't last is what I'm getting at. You need to have better reasons to find your discipline in life and better reasons. Why, if you have a bad reason, why? nothing's ever going to stick. If you have a really, really good reason why, like your kids are your reason, you want to be healthy for them, your family, your wife, you want to be better because of X, Y, and Z, then you're more likely to build that discipline to continue to push forward, whether it's education or training, uh, whatever it may be. But, you know, motivation only is going to get so far. And last question, or uh, topic, the power of consistency and the power of one more kind of, we just touched on that, right? Being consistent, doing something all the time, especially when you don't want to do it, right? That's discipline. People who wake up, maybe have the day off, you have time to go to the gym, you have time to do everything. It's not really discipline. You kind of had time to do it. The days where you have to get up earlier to train, you have a million things going on. So you got to get up, you know, instead of six in the morning to train, you got to get up at four in the morning doing that is a building discipline. And the, and the power of one more comes from Ed Milet. It's a book I just started, but I've been listening to him for a long time. And he just talks about doing, you know, simple as one more rep in the gym, making one more phone call, sending out one more email. Um, and for me, it's a lot of his story is super relatable in my own life from like even stuff in his childhood to now he, uh, I'm, cause I'm always doing one more thing. Like for t-shirts, I'm not a t-shirt designer, but I'm going to design the next one, whether it's for my company, Be Better, whether it's for Callus Barbell, whether it's my buddy Dan Bell, you know, not all of them are flying off the shelf. Sometimes you, you make a shirt, you think it's awesome and you sell 15. Sometimes you make a shirt, you don't think it's that great, you sell a hundred. Like for me, I'm always just going to keep doing one more, one more idea, 
one more school to get into training, one more client, one more mass email I'm going to send out to try to push training, to try to push my products, to try to push t-shirts, try to push sales. Keep doing, I keep doing the one more thing that I think is going to change the rest of my life. I don't know what that is, but I know if I consistently show up every day, consistently put in one more idea, one more thing I can get off my checklist, one more new idea for a piece of clothing, something eventually is going to catch, right? The, the new idea for Be Better a couple, uh, couple months ago now, I knew something was there. I was saying that a lot in my videos and then we, me and Jacob talked about it a lot and came up with a rebrand, but I know something is there and I'm not 100% sure what it is yet. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to figure it out, but something's there. And I'm just going to keep pushing every day. I'm going to get up early one more day because if you look at it and say, I'm going to get up at 3.45 every single day for the whole month. Now, it seems a little bit daunting, but if you could just get up tomorrow at 3.45 and worry about that one day at a time, getting up early one more time, that's what's going to help you feel like it's more in your arm's reach rather than I'm going to do this for a year. Now I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I'm going to do it Thursday and so on and so forth. And I have 10 more minutes before I got to go cook my eggs. All right. I'm going to train one more client. I'm going to send out one more mass email. I'm going to print out one more coloring page for my daughter. I'm going to have one more conversation with before I leave because I'm walking out the door, but I heard, I hear her yell my name, daddy. Makes me a little emotional. Um, But just doing that one more thing just helps me keep showing up. And that's what at my let's big thing is one more. So even if I don't want to do it, I'm just going to do it one more time. I'm going to drop my bag, turn around, kiss my daughter one more time because she felt like she wanted a little bit more loving. That's the power of one more. So if it's a great book by Ed Millett, if you want to check it out. Um, also, if you want to check out any of our gear, be better apparel, be better sweatshirts, women's cropped hoodies are coming out this week. Um, check out our coaching. We have awesome coaching, a team full of great coaches. We have awesome nutritionists. Summer's right around the corner. I'm like, I said, I'm going to do a challenge here in the next couple months when I'm out, when I'm done with my meat prep in April. Um, trying to get more people involved in the fitness, feeling better, looking better, lasting on the earth a little longer. So if that's something you're interested in, please follow us. Give us a, give us a, a good review on Spotify on, uh, Apple podcasts, try to, uh, I'm trying to push this podcast as much as I can, just kind of word of mouth. Um, if you're on Instagram, please follow us on official be better brand. Um, check out our products. Like I said, and our coaching, that's what we're kind of known for. I think we're going to do more with the brand this year. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm going to keep pushing for one more day, uh, for the rest of the year. Thanks for listening. Be better.